0: I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Dan and the Secret walls. Prepare for battle.
1: Welcome to World. I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular spider Down, And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to another edition of Secret Boar Stories, where I invite guests to count down a personal top-five list in high-fidelity fashion. And this is the very first edition of Robot Month, a much-requested month. The fans voted a while back... It was supposed to be in November, but I had to delay that because of Malta Comic-Con. But it's here now in April. It's not April right now, but we're recording in March for April. So it's going to be very exciting. I have a robot in disguise, a mechanised madman. (laughs) He is... Andrew Knowles, and he's back. Hello, hello, welcome you back, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm a back. Of, you're a son of a bitch. I certainly. Am. <laughs> welcome back. And thank I'm... you for
2: having me. Thank you for gracing me with your presence. Are you gracing more? me with your
1: presence oh, as well. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for coming back and talking some robots. So we yeah. are going to talk top five good and bad robots. Yes, what... we are. So, what do you? What do you? What is? What makes a good or a bad robot? Do you think?
2: character 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 above everything it's not just good enough just to have a robot being bad mm. get away with it in small instances but yeah. for you know for me the best robot evil robots or good robots mm. have character have character so they've got they've got drive they've got yeah.
1: goals they've got ambition
2: yeah they've got heart more than anything Yeah, as well so, good ones yeah more than the bad ones yeah of course heart, yeah. but there has to be something driving the evil ones as well they have desire They yeah. have the heart. their heart's desire exactly. is set on that and exactly they, it's just that they go about it in the wrong way
1: they go yes in yes. the bad way
2: I mean there are exceptions like I said let's I think we should begin we should begin yeah are you, go ready, to, are you ready to go yeah I'm, You're right I'm to go? okay yeah. I've well, not got coronavirus it's fine no. <laughs> yeah. well
1: I think the, the robots will inherit the earth so I think this is, a, <laughs> this is a, well we don't know where we're going to be in April uh, so no. we'll see we'll see yeah. when you hear
2: <laughs> this we could already be robots we could Disguise. Already be dead. <laughs> oh God! <laughs>
1: Cy- cyborg replacements will be have like you know organic inorganic material. Like the Cyberland from Doctor yeah. Who. Oh yeah, maybe.
2: Oh maybe. god, oh, gosh,
1: maybe that. Maybe they're on your list. Who knows?
2: Uh, <laughs> no spoilers here. No spoilers. No
1: spoilers, no spoilers. Okay, so you are the guest, Andrew. Am I? You are the guest. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm a guest in your home, but you're a guest on the podcast. So. so we're both guests. We're both guests. So I would like you to go first. So oh, let's start off first with the bad. How, oh. Now, are, you, are, are these are these in any particular order, or they're just they're just oh. fine, <clears> very naughty, <throat> naughty, naughty robots
2: I'd say they are probably in my favorite all-time order. Okay, okay, okay. Mm.
1: Now we are. Before we go deep into yes. your first dive, just to clarify, we're talking about um, good and bad AI. So it could be an AI. So like not like not unlike HAL from two thousand and one. So it's yeah might not necessarily have a body, a robotic body. Yeah, but um, we're, we're accepting those.
2: Yeah, I mean, I the way I see it, because uh, I've, I've done a bit of research into it, and mm. a lot of You just type in evil robots. They come up with everything. Mm. AI, cyborgs, um, even random robots in general. But I Mm. like to think they all kind of fit into the same thing. Yeah, almost same category. It's too too hard to generalize just a robot. Yeah, I think so. This day and age. Because obviously the idea of robots in our Sort of forward thinking, mm. real world agenda is AI mm, definitely. and robots assisting hum- humanity in the future.
1: Mm. So that's the way I see it. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so we've got uh, so I, I yeah so androids, robots, yeah, Android or robots. AI, yeah, exactly. Not not cyborgs. Not in uh, well. I'm Ooh. gonna
2: I'm gonna cheat. Oh, going you, to have cheat. You got a, have
1: you got a cyborg? Okay. I am going to cheat. Is this your first one? Is your, right. this your cheat?
2: No, Well, I, it, again. we'll have to discuss it Mm. purely because it is it is an evil robot okay okay but we'll get we'll get to the it the way we'll to describe to it and we'll get to it you know
1: we i'm sure we'll talk about other things like we've all, we've both done our research obviously and i'm sure we'll talk mm. about maybe some of the lesser the lesser things oh. we've researched as well <laughs> i know what you're going to talk about <laughs> i know, yes. we uh, damn of,
2: you mr spielberg
1: <laughs> god damn you um, but yeah anyway let's we get sidetracked let's <laughs> let's get started cuz this is what right. people want to we just dive straight in go on you're number 5
2: my number 5 Bad this robot. is my fifth favorite all-time evil robot, cyborg whatever. Yeah. Ash from Alien. Oh. Ian Holmes. Yes, good Ian choice. Holm. Good choice. I remember the very first time I watched Alien. I had no idea. No idea. Mm. I mean, uh, subsequent watches, you know, you can tell there's certain things about him, but when it's revealed that he's a a robot or a cyborg whatever yeah, you want to think android or a, a synthetic yeah, person a synthetic person yeah mm. but there's another one isn't yeah. it so that's another descriptor that's the thing with evil robots or robots in general mm. there's all underlying descriptors mm. they're not just simply robots
1: now in marvel they have they have androids but also yeah. like like the vision is a synthesoid. he describes yeah, exactly. himself as a synthezoid yeah. he's, he's
2: a robot with yeah. feelings when it was revealed i can i can, I can eat i can even i can visualize it even mm. now the first time i saw it when he's just going off on one and I think they hit him don't they or something and he's spinning around going crazy before he gets slightly knock his head off or
1: something yeah
2: I was fucking terrified absolutely terrified because obviously in my mind I mean I watched it when I was like eight or nine yeah yeah and the way they'd done it was so terrifying so creepy and then they put his head on a table don't they and he explains what's going on I just couldn't handle it yeah couldn't handle it but purely because of the surprise factor hmm. and obviously you get loads of surprises in alien, the whole chess person scene yeah, nobody yeah. knew about yeah, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. It adds it adds another level of depth and horror to that film that nobody really talks about. Hmm. Everybody always mentions the xenomorph, you know, and the chess person scene, yeah. but nobody really mentions scene, Ash scene in the vents going, and things yeah, like that. Nobody really mentions Ash going completely psychotic. And it's terrifying. For, it's a terrifying scene.
1: I, I had the exact same experience. I didn't know it was coming didn't expect yeah. it didn't see it coming nobody talked about I mean, I'm it I'm getting
2: a bit of goosebumps just thinking about yeah. it now because I can I can visually remember I was terrified at the film at the mm. time watching it but then just it was the added extra thing i was like oh my god he's not mm. a human person he's, yeah. he's literally going to kill them all and then there's this creature yeah. still out there just casually you got, sunbathing somewhere
1: uh, you're like you you kind of they kind of there's the unknown and then there's, and yeah. there's kind of the knowable unknown as well yeah exactly and, yeah. which is almost scarier like the devil yeah, you know exactly and and it's quite it's really intense and it, mm. and it ramps up to like 11 like yeah.
2: straight away and you're like yeah oh, well, literally, I was watching literally no, because sigourney weaver figures it out doesn't yeah. she immediately yeah. she realizes that he's been responsible for sending them to this position mm. and then and as soon as she goes, it's you, kind of thing. He just switches and yeah. dials up, yeah. and it's like, oh my god, he's a killing machine. And the- from being, from being like the Homs the, the kind of butler kind of thing yeah. to being. I'm just going to break everyone's neck and kill them all. Yeah, I'm just this
1: clever English yeah. chap. That's it. I'm a scientist. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it's you know. fucking terrifying. It was really. Like, first time I watched it, I was. I think I was a bit older, so I was maybe like 13, 14, I think. Mm. But again, came out of nowhere. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Like, clearly, some. Yeah, but that's a- the first thing, too, yeah. is
2: you just go, why? What? Why is he behaving he's, like he's squirting this? all this white, yeah, white then, stuff oh. out of his mouth.
1: I thought he was some because I, I I was familiar with the the idea of the alien and the, the mm. way it works and the kind of legacy and the yeah. lore and everything. So I kind of knew how it worked. And I was like, is he infected by the alien? What the fuck's wrong with him? Like yeah. he's, he's like ah, like running around like a maniac. And he st- grabs, rolls up that porn mag and oh, starts try, trying, trying, trying shoving it down her mouth, doesn't he? He's like, yeah.
2: That is that's the worst part of it because he's literally like yeah. that highlights how nobody really understood what he was mm. and the terrifying power yeah, that he has cuz he literally yeah. just he he just puts his I think he just puts his palm on her mm. and then just slowly tries sliding this magazine yeah. into her mouth and it's you it's see her, eye, like between yeah. her fingers, is like her yeah. eye is just like yeah. sheer panic, full on choking. Yeah. it's like fucking hell. He's not. He's not just simply putting a pillow over her face to smother her. He's no. literally trying to what? destroy her. That's like way, way before,
1: he, way before Jason Bourne destroyed people with magazines. Yeah, you know, Ash was doing it. Yeah, and and far more sinister. Yeah, and, and he's creepy as well. And yeah, and even even home yeah <sighs> he can do he can yeah. turn like if you look at look at lord of the rings he like
2: well yeah that's a great example he, when he when he yeah. jumps
1: out he's like da, 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 and he's like yeah yeah where's the ring Definitely. you know that, that sort of moment mm. he can really turn on a dime actually,
2: he's, ian Holm is fantastic everybody people talk about all the performances like john hurt and yeah. Sigourney weaver's performance and even even the guy who was in the alien suit but nobody really mm. mentions how good ian Holm was in that yeah. film because it's quite it's quite not a low level yeah, yeah. Understate that's the yeah. one i was looking for an understated performance mm. until that crescendo yeah. of his character but ramps up it, it, but that's because he just flies under the radar completely yeah. there's all those moments where he's questioning things and doing yeah. like the scientific probe yeah. like looking through you know looking at the, the face of and everything mm. and then it just ramps up brilliantly yeah. and it, it comes out again absolute <clears> surprise <throat> it's not it's not like a and it's not like a jump
1: scare or anything. It's not like a cheap jump scare. No, it's, it's not.
2: It's literally just yeah. twitches and goes, okay. Yeah.
1: And then poof, he's on you. I'm getting you. And yeah. and and you f- and you. Th- there's a lot of that in the, the Alien Isolation game. I don't know if you've played that. I haven't, you know. I never got around to it. So they, they have these characters called the Working Joes. So they have like rubber skin, so you can tell mm. they're robots. And that's why they're designed that way. So yeah. they, they know the difference. Yeah, that's um, an
2: extension because it's... Supposed to be Ripley's it's, daughter. Ripley's daughter, daughter is looking yeah. So it's an for extension yeah. of you know the fact that the AI are <laughs> susceptible Basically. to going crazy.
1: And they start and they're actually before you even get to the alien, they are the most terrifying thing in it. Yeah, and and you can't kill them. You can't not really. Yeah, and you can shoot. Yeah, you can use all of your ammo in your gun. You don't. You get very limited ammo, mm. and you can just shoot. You shoot them dead. But then that's it. That's all your ammo gone. Yeah, and you're, more than likely you won't have any more for a long I mean, time.
2: Yeah, that's the that's the thing with like. Um, Ash as well. They behead him, don't they? Yeah. And put his head on the table. And it's only when they do something else to him that they just smash him completely. Yeah. That's when he stops. Exactly. It's literally he just keeps on keeps on going. And like, and this, you know, if you, if for example, if you've only seen Aliens, like mm.
1: this is a really good arc for Ripley because in the first one she's almost getting killed yeah. by by this android and then the next one. Yeah, that's Bishop. why she doesn't trust Bishop.
2: Yeah, and Bishop is such a great fucking character yeah. as well. And, like it's the complete it's the opposite end of the spectrum, isn't it? He mm. is actually a genuinely helpful but, machine but, with, with yeah, tendencies, yeah. Of psychotic tendencies, but the whole knife scene where he's doing oh it with yeah, her, that's brilliant. Bill Paxton. It's like he's, oh! he's kind of you can sort of see him enjoying but it a little bit as well. That is great direction and great great acting yeah. put together because they're trying to mount the tension yeah, to exactly. make you untrustworthy of Bishop as well, because you know as mm. an audience member what happened with Ash. Exactly, yeah. So they're trying to build it up, so you're going on the same trajectory as Ripley is, mm. but you get to a point where you trust Bishop before she does, mm. and then obviously, yeah. <laughs> the big but thing happens when this gets cut enough.
1: Yeah, and there's some <laughs> lovely hints to her out, like he's he's like, they're like, Bishop, do you need anything? And he's like, and he's He's so obsessed in looking at the the, the face facehugger yeah. that he's like, oh, no, no uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, fine. Thank yeah, you. thank you. And he's like, oh, what's, he, and what's, like he, what's he planning? Like, mm, yeah. And you're like, not sure. And then, yeah. and then at the end, you think he's just going to leave her. Yeah. He's <laughs> um, just going to leave Newt and, and Ripley. Cause yeah. the, like Time's running out. And he's going like, to, the mm. nuclear reactor's going to blow. Yeah. And you're like, you're not sure. And then he kind of is the most heroic part of the film, in a way. I mean, he yeah, makes he them, is. It's a big the... sacrifice. Yeah i mean
2: um, all the, all the characters five at the end of aliens are hmm. they're all the ones that make the biggest sacrifices't yeah, they exactly, so yeah and that's it's a it's a classic film, both Alien and,
1: and aliens, yeah. you know are classic films in their own mm-hmm. right, and they you know they are yeah. doesn 't really get much better you might have Further entries in the franchise do get progressively yeah. not not. I mean, but I three like, three not great, and four mm, I kind yeah. of have a soft spot for a little
2: bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's moments is Winona Ryder the, the yeah she's the
1: she's bit. the she's the uh, the android in that rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> absolute rubbish. She's not on my list.
2: <laughs> you see, like Michael Fassbender plays synthetic later on, doesn't he? In whatever the mm. Prometheus and mm. Covenant. Yeah, good job. Kind yeah. of blends both Ash and Bishop together, but yeah, a little bit. They've they've never reached the heights of Ian Holmes' performance yeah. and um, uh, Lance Henriksen. Lance yeah. Henriksen, that was it, and they
1: were and they won't. they just, no. won't. They just won't.
2: But there you go. But yeah,
1: fantastic choice, Great Ian choice. Holmes. I think a lot of Great people. Great performance. Did, I think a lot of people would agree with that. So uh, my first choice for Here the good go. robots. Now I wanted to go for like a cutesy kind of a cutesy one, kind of like in the vein of R two D two or yeah. something like that. Uh, and one that looks I mean like it's, a, not it's not R2-D2? It's <laughs> not R2-D2. It's definitely not R2-D2. It's definitely not. Too obvious a choice, no. Um, See, I've gone for the obvious ones, boys and girls. That's but, fine, that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, Andrew. I kind of
2: like it when you throw your crazy ones out. as
1: these crazy ones like, I like it. Pluck out of nowhere, and the, the obscurity of cinema, yeah. and, you know, the entertainment. Well, that's what it entertainment. is. The
2: secret bores, but they're certainly not boring, boys and girls. Th- they're certainly not boring, <laughs> and, ne- and
1: I hope these podcasts aren't either. Or <laughs> well, you wouldn't be listening. Uh, so... <laughs> So, um, so I chose one that's like, it's, it's an obvious that it's a robot. It's not necessarily male or female. You know, you can change the voice on it. So it is Robot from the indie sci-fi movie Robot and Frank. Oh, Jesus. So Robot and Frank is a, uh, yeah. again, like a low, low sci-fi kind of indie movie. It's basically Frank Langella, Skeletor himself, yeah. plays, uh, plays a, a jewel thief who now suffers from Alzheimer's. So he's quite forgetful. He can't kind of look after himself properly, uh, and various things. And his son, gr- great cast by the way: Susan Sarandon, James Marsden, um, and yeah, you've got Liv, really Liv Tyler, catch, yeah. Liv Tyler, Frank Langella, uh, and um, uh, Peter Sarsgaard plays the robot. Yes, he does. Um, and it Christ. is, and it's basically um, James Marsden buys his dad this robot to take care of him, and it's based on the um, Japanese Honda. Asimo robot that they created. Yeah, so that was made to kind of assist with. I mean, it walks very well. It does. Mm. It almost looks exactly like it, basically. Yeah, and it basically is made to assist him and to give him activities and things to kind of make sure that his mind doesn't kind of like you know recede into just. You know, absolute memory loss. Like, he can't do anything anymore. Um, So he's, like, he's cooking meals for him. He's providing the right kind of environments and the right kind of stimulating kind of conversation and activities. Now, Frank is a former jewel thief.
2: Yeah, so, he's not a good guy. <laughs> he's not
1: a nice guy. He's quite he's quite grumpy and he's he's not a likable character in yeah. this. He's, you know, he's very bitter and twisted and he goes down to like a local shop and keeps stealing stuff from the <laughs> local shop like, uh, stuff he doesn't even need. He's just cuz that's his kind of like, you know, like that's, toilet roll. Thing. that's happened yeah. a lot recently. Yeah. <laughs> so much looting. Frank could be all over the toilet roll, I know. know, yeah, Um So, so, so this this robot is trying to get him to garden. He's like, I'm not interested in garden. I don't do this. Blah 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 blah. He also goes down to the library, local library, and kind of gets books out and reads yeah. and stuff. And there's a la- lovely lady there, played by Susan Sarandon, who who is kind of his kind of love interest, basically in the film and it's it's a it's a lovely story because slowly but surely frank realizes how good this robot is and how advanced yeah. this robot is yeah. this robot can actually actually makes decisions that are it will make bad decisions based on what is good for frank so if it's beneficial for yeah. frank he will do yeah. it even if it you know breaks the law or various other things so yeah so one of the first things is frank tries to steal something but it puts it back and he goes i've got nothing in my pockets mm. and then the robot steals it for him he's like you tried to you tried to get this yes yeah, so it's shop.
2: like he's trying to it, it's almost like imitation isn't it because mm. it sees it as being the best thing for him yeah. even though it's not
1: Legally in legal yeah. terms, it's not the best thing. And yeah. and the robot
2: knows that and mm. it is
1: aware of that.
2: But it's trying to keep him
1: But his programming yeah. says, I've got it's to look just, after Frank.
2: It is a really clever film. It's and it's it, it works a really, so really, well. Clever film.
1: And there was actual actresses in that robot suit as well. It's not CGI or I, I don't have to I didn't know that. Yeah. They're, and they're obviously very small and I think obviously there might have been some C G I over the joints or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a, it is a suit and and oh, okay. one of the actresses had to kind of not do it because it was so claustrophobic um mm. so she kind of said no it's, it's not yeah. for me
2: well I, i'm reading something that anthony daniel's autobiography on c-3po yeah there's yeah. a portion in that where after being after doing c-3po for you know like for two movies yeah in return of the jedi he's lying on the floor mm. and it's when salacious crumb the little um rat thing's picking his ear yeah, and, yeah. eye out <laughs> yeah, at yeah that moment Anthony Daniels had a full blown cross- claustrophobia attack Jesus really for the first time ever and he was like I need to get out I need to get out yeah, I need yeah. to get out and get ripped Alice. everything off yeah. him and then afterwards he's like I don't even know what that was yeah just came over him so yeah I mean crazy
1: isn't it yeah but um, but yeah, it's it's a really lovely film, and eventually Frank convinces the robot to help him in these kind yeah. of heists, um, <laughs> and it's really fun. And they're like casing out the place, and he's explaining to the robot, you know, why is this? And and the robot says, "We won't do this unless I am happy with your plan, and that it's safe, yeah. and that it's not going to endanger you, it's not going to affect your mental
2: health. I'm gonna." It is like a buddy crime movie. Isn't it is, it? In, it is. In, in, in like, in the broadest like way you can look at it. And, it, and it's a lot of fun it's it's i see it a lot like
1: almost like an elderly robotic e t yeah
2: <laughs> basically that's what it is
1: and and it and it works and and they develop this friendship and and they laugh and they make joke he make mm. the robot makes jokes you know yeah. it's not it's, it's quite an advanced model I, and the the robot even lies to the guy that bought him for frank like his son yeah, yeah, yeah. he lies to the because he goes oh frank's dying you need to come and look after him and it's all a ploy to kind of yeah. To to pass on the stolen goods. Um <laughs> there's quite a tragic twist towards the end that I don't want to spoil it, but it kind of adds the kind of like it's not it, it's not like, oh there's a magic cure for Alzheimer's or anything yeah, like that. No, it, that's it, just it. I mean, yeah it it. it's a s it's a sci-fi movie, but it it approaches Alzheimer's in a very realistic way. Yeah and you know, it makes you think about like way.
2: you know, that it's it's sort of a thing you'd want to see possibly in our or in future, isn't it? Yeah. Like these a lot of the times these people with suffering like dementia and Alzheimer's mm. Eventually, they just get to a point where they're left alone, yeah. and it's really, really upsetting. Yeah, it's, tra- I it's mean, tragic. My and... my great grandma had, I think it was Alzheimer's. Yeah, and it it wasn't good. No. It wasn't good at all. No, my I'm my sorry. granddad, she didn't she didn't end up recognizing my granddad at all. her yeah. own son. Yeah, she recognized my grandma. Yeah, um, you know, but when she saw her, when she saw my grandma, she'd see her as a younger woman, mm. which is really, really bizarre. She wouldn't yeah. recognize my granddad at all, but she'd seen my nan as a younger woman. And she'd always go, how's Frank? When are you getting married? Yeah. And my granddad stood right next to him. stood right yeah. next to her, you know, I'm here. <laughs> We've only uh, yeah. been married 40 years. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Terrifying. And that's it, yeah. And and that, and it's like, where, do
1: you play along with the, the you know, <laughs> Well, the... that's just it, isn't it? I mean, that's you... what
2: the robot deals with in this film, isn't it? It's yeah. like, it's, that's the, it's the extension of that kind of idea and mm. do you play along with it? Do you yeah. guide them in a better way? Do yeah. you reinforce certain yeah. aspects? do you make them feel better about things that they're doing mm. so they don't get stressed and worried and start you know you know yeah. upsetting others or whatever is yeah. that's why it's, it's such a good film
1: there's a there's a really kind of like because he that gets to moments where because initially he doesn't want the robot he's like take yeah. this robot away i can't believe i i have this robot that needs that, to take that's care of me for all care isn't it yeah, i don't exactly. want care i don't want no, to a care no i'm fine there's home. nothing wrong with yeah. you know but his house is a mess he's not cleaned up after himself yeah. you know um there's all this sort of stuff and then he even trashes the house so he get his daughter to turn the robot back on yeah. she 's he's like i need this robot now i, I he's my friend because mm. she starts treating she turned him on to clean the house and then she turned him off he's like you can't do that you can't do that to the robot yeah. it's not that's not what he's for yeah. you know, you've got to treat him with respect and and, and well, that's i guess the,
2: that's the great thing about it he ends up seeing it as yeah. as a, a normal as a living being yeah. it's, it's not just a robot anymore it is a friend exactly that makes jokes that lies yeah. for him that you know that that advises him
1: and you know he he plan- like you said he plots it out he plans it and and he goes okay I will agree to this you know but only on these grounds yeah. so he's not just going whatever <clears> you <throat> say frank whatever you say like because yeah. that would be That's too easy it's yeah, too exactly. e- it's too easy I think exactly and I think I think it's it, it becomes a really poignant thing cuz he mentions the robot goes you know all these illegal activities we're doing my memory can implicate you in this crime Shit, yeah. and he goes he goes you will have to if it gets to that point you will have to delete my memory and he's like i'm not going to lobotomize you he starts talking about it in, in, yeah. in human terms he goes i won't lobotomize you you're my friend you know i won't all these memories they are built up yeah. all these experiences and it and it's it's you know in line with with what frank is suffering with as well like yeah I mean, it is yeah you it's, know, like, it's, it's a. he's memory. losing his
2: memories and whatever he and he's want... forced
1: to take somebody else's away yeah and he hates that idea. It's a really lovely film. It's really sweet. It's not too sci-fi heavy. There's no jargon or anything no. like that. It's no there's no big grand yeah. ideas or anything. It's just he's got to help a helper robot. It's a lovely film. It is available on <laughs> Amazon Prime, so I highly recommend watching it. Yeah, it's definitely really definitely. touching. Um it's a really touching film, really kind of heart heartbreaking as well. But it's definitely worth a watch. So Absolutely. Definitely give that a look. So that was my first good robot. Now we're on to your your number four.
2: Number four. Ooh. And this is what we. I think we've already mentioned him. Okay. It is Hal Nine Thousand? Ooh. Okay. Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey. Right. Like I said at the start, mine are all pretty much in line with a lot of top ten, top mm. five bad robots. But Hal Nine Thousand is just—it's brilliant.
0: Mm.
2: As I said, again, it's they're, they're all brilliant. I mean, the thing with Hal Nine Thousand is again—it's that complete switch, a complete change mm. that he has. It the the whole premise of 2001 is evolution mm. and how it evolves over the course of a journey to go and find, you know, what this bloody monolith is floating yeah, around yeah. Jupiter. Mm. So it's literally like, well, I'm seeing things that you humans are doing and I don't like it. So I'm going to correct you <laughs> and um, you'll just have to deal with it. Yeah. And he makes up his own minds and it's terrifying. It's, mm. it's sort of like, it, it's bred the sort of fear of AI in our society, Hal 9000, because he literally makes
0: mm.
2: snap decisions and he's correct. Yeah. <laughs> he's literally correct. So, but again, it's not specific because it's because it, it's just it's just a visual, isn't it? Mm, it's just a yeah. red eye. That's all you ever see of him apart from the voice which is perfectly done by uh Douglas Rain who is primarily a stage actor. It's mm. perfectly done. It's very level, it's very calm. And all you ever see is just this red gleaming light. Mm. But you know what he's thinking. You know what he's planning and you can see everything. You can see the cogs working. <laughs> inside the machine and there's that wonderful bit which is my favorite bit where um the main character i can't remember his name for the life of me Mm. he goes into another room and they're discussing what to do about hal and he lip reads them yeah fucking superb (laughs) just superb that is how you create a character because literally the character you can see it all it's kind of like Darth Vader you can Mm. see what's going on behind the mask you don't need to see you know the inner work you don't need to see emotion on the face if you create the tension just right and Stanley Kubrick creates the tension with Hal alongside Mm. the voice of Douglas Rain yeah so perfectly well that's what makes it terrifying it's just the simplicity behind Hal is so terrifying
1: you're gonna hate me do you not like it i've not seen it have you not seen it <laughs> oh mate when i was when i was obviously i've seen clips and stuff and i'm, yeah. I'm you know i've seen the you, you know you, I mean,
2: it's been parodied that yeah. many times I mean, i'm bloody, aware i'm bloody, aware of um, it um what's it simpsons with yeah. um oh was it pierce brosnan oh for the house the house yes. attacking. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's, that's yeah, the, that a I good thing. one
1: but no yeah he's, he's like i said like i'll I'll probably watch and see all the yeah. references that i've already seen yeah i started watching it when i was about it is a, a
2: slog of a yeah. I'm not
1: gonna lie. So I, that's what put me off a little bit. Mm. So the first half an hour is people just running around in ape costumes, grunting mm. and making and making ape gestures. Yeah. And after I sat, a and, 13 and year old me is like, you know, I, no. I, I get no. what, I get it. Yeah. but I was kind of like. I'm like half an hour in. I could, you could have done this in. They could have done this in ten. I'm minutes I watching National Geographic? Yeah, exactly. It just, I was just like, okay, yeah. okay. You're, you know, it's just wanky actors running around like apes. I get yeah. that they're developing. I get that the monoliths in and, and You mm. know, but half an hour, I was like, oh, this is a bit unnecessary. Like nowadays, see, you would do it in five ten minutes. See, I
2: only watched it. It was um, our good friend Alex Atherton mm. who um, got me to watch it. He brought it round to my house. Yeah. I was only about eighteen, nineteen is when we yeah. first met in college. Mm. And he brought it around, and we cracked a few beers open and watched it. Not the first time I'd ever watched it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, it was a bit overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. I'd seen all like the key bits, I'd seen like the you know, the ape with yeah, the tools, I'd yeah, seen how I'd the seen air, the monolith. spinning I'd seen all the space stuff and everything. So I was like, it was just putting it together into one thing mm. you know, to watch as the, a full film. It's been, and, it's been on my list for a yeah, very long time. I don't think I appreciated the first time around because mm. I was like, oh, it was really long and heavy. Yeah. And my mind was racing after I finished watching yeah. it. But then I've watched it a few times since then. Mm. And, you know, the, <sighs> it, it, the, end, the ending of the film is... A, I don't like the ending of the film. Right. I think it's a bit too... Oh, I'm Stanley Kubrick and you will enjoy this look at my majesty yeah yeah for that film in particular because I love The Shining even though Stephen King hates it I love it yeah I I love it too I think it's a great greatly directed film and Stanley Kubrick is a great director he is
1: yeah
2: 100% yeah it's a hard one Mm. I would recommend it I'd highly recommend Mm. you watch it and slog through it I'll do it I'll definitely do it purely
1: because I might skip the first half an hour yeah I mean if you've already seen it it, yeah I've definitely seen that you
2: know what happens we've seen it so many times exactly I mean, The Simpsons takes the Mickey out of it there's so Constantly, many, yeah. so many times. I mean, you, you don't need to rewatch that opening bit. No, nah. but everything with Hal. I mean, the musical score as well. Yeah. Jesus Christ, mm. the musical score is fantastic.
1: Is it all? Is it all just classical music? Yeah, it's all yeah. orchestral. Yeah, yeah. So
2: basically, whenever there's a monolith around, the like the, the music yeah, rises. Like rises continuously, almost to an uncomfortable level. Mm. I can imagine if you, watch, I want to watch it in the cinema purely because almost of like the soundtrack. <laughs> Yeah, purely because of the soundtrack, I want to watch it in the cinema mm. because it is really, really intense and almost like oppressive, like it's closing in on you while they're discovering something that's really, really out there. It's, it's oh. kind of hard to describe. Yeah,
1: but I think it's, it sounds like one of those you ha- just have to watch.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, w- I, would, I would say watch I'll it. it. I'll Stick it, do it. Step with it. I'll definitely it. do it. There are sequels, believe mm. it or not. Yeah. Um, I've never watched the sequels, don't really want mm. to. It's not really something I care about. But no, I've, I've heard. I've heard that 2010's a little underrated. I've heard. I've yeah, well, Alex Averton okay. said that. Yeah, and I've still, I've still never watched it. It's
1: Roy Scheider, isn't it? I yeah, think. yeah, from yeah. the guy from Jaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Kubrick, um, I as my for my research, I looked at another film that was supposed to be kind of a co creation by Spielberg <laughs> and. Kubrick um it was a film AI mm. and that was a very bad film wasn't it
2: yes I mean we've discussed this prior mm. on several three times now well, yeah, our conversations always now. seem to stem to it at the moment yeah I absolutely hate AI I hate mm. the film it's depressing yeah it is Ah, oh, it's, it's overly long
1: it's it's a little mean spirited as well, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mean spirit. It's lackluster.
2: I mean, it's uninteresting. Uninteresting. Yeah, it's poorly cast. Yeah, um, and it's 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 not the right film at all. No, um, I think mean, that's that's such a weird statement to say, but it's just it's. Whenever I've what well, I've watched it twice and yeah, uh, no, I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't just watch no. it again.
1: I wouldn't watch it again.
2: No, I mean it's it's it's, it's so. I can't say anything more than depressing. Yeah, it It literally has depressed me on those two occasions I I watched it.
1: The opening, the opening bit is—it's again, it is like it's one depressing thing after another. There's no like, and like his the the child is quite pos like is uh, very positive in it. But yeah, it's it's that juxtaposition, isn't it? Like
2: everything around him is so negative, he's so positive. But that positivity yeah. doesn't break through. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't it does, come through. I don't know whether that's purely to do with the way they got him to interact with yeah. people, but it, it comes like when across he's, as when creepy. When he's laughing.
1: Yeah, when he's laughing oh. in that, at that dinner scene where he's like, he thinks he's done something funny. He's like,
2: ha ha, ha ha ha. Yeah,
1: and nobody does anything. They're just and it's like, like, oh my god, that's oh, really oh, creepy and weird. And the whole point of the whole thing of like replacing yeah. a, a, pretent- a potentially dead child, he's in a coma. Oh. And then the kid comes back and he's awful. That kid is awful yeah. to, to the robot. And then she's basically like, you know, he starts, you know, getting annoyed and angry. And yeah. she has to, she decided to sync with it because they have to absolutely sync 100%. And that's when he starts showing love, proper love to yeah. the, the mother. Oh, it's, just, it's weird. Um, I just don't. You know, I
2: just don't I just... I've, I've never, I've never understood any of the any of the decisions around no, the film. I've never, I've never I understood it. Like yeah. the, the, right to the very end, where he's been encased for two thousand plus yeah. years. He's basically looking in for a this, glacier
1: because it's it's the story of Pinocchio, isn't it? Basically, yeah. He's looking for the blue fairy,
2: yeah, and, he and finds it, but gets stuck in the ocean yeah. in a drowned Manhattan. By the time anyone's found him, humanity's dead and gone, yeah. and it's an evolved AI mm. that finds him and puts him in a room. Yeah. <laughs> With his dead mother, and it's like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, she what... can only live for twenty four hours, yeah. so make the most of it. Yeah. And so, then he goes so did... to Oh, god! It's, it,
1: and it's like that. The end.
2: I'm, I'm going to spoil the film because it's oh, it's, do it. It's, it's, it's crap. Been, anyway. It's been I out for I wouldn't like twenty recommend. years. Anyway. I, wouldn't re- I wouldn't
1: recommend it. So no. he create. He basically he's, he finds these very advanced robots, aliens, whatever you want to call them, whatever you think they are. There's not really said. Um, they have these godlike abilities. And they have a bit of DNA left over from the mother, a clip of hair and they said we can clone them but if you tell them anything about their past life or what's happened they will mentally break down um, you've only got Christ. them for a day and he's like well I I want it to be my mum. And he he gets it. He gets what he wants. But I'm like, you've created a life form. You've given it a short amount of time to live, not told it anything, and you're basically doing that just for your own selfish pleasure. The
2: the mother looks completely confused. All the time. Even though she's like, oh, my my, my boy, or whatever. It's still like, you can see behind the eyes, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. What am I? It's like, what is this? Yeah, and at what point... Are they like picking her up? Like, what? Yeah. Like, ha- and
1: how t- can they make sure that she loves him? And is it even real love? Is yeah. it even real love? Yeah, no, it's not, because it's just no. purely manufactured, isn't it? Exactly. Just to give
2: him that the yeah, of his that. journey. Yeah, But exactly. then, doesn't he turn himself off and die at I the think end so. as well? I think so. I but can... then, not only that, what really, really aggravates me
1: yeah.
2: is the poor fucking teddy bear companion yeah. is left alone at the end of the fucking film. Oh my
1: god, yeah, shit.
2: That's almost all. So he mo- gets into the bed with the mother. Yeah. And obviously, the mother passes away because yeah. it's been twenty four hours. Yeah. So clearly, it looks like he sort of drifts off as yeah. well. Yeah. And dies. Yeah. And the fucking bear comes up to the bed, going, "What's going on? Yeah. Bruno, he's He just stood there, kind of staring into space. Yeah. That bear has evolved more than the fucking child has yeah. in the film. And it's, a, it's fucking it's depressing. And, and that bear, that bear has it. done
1: nothing but help that yeah. child, and that child has done nothing to help that bear. Yeah. So I hate it. Just I'm all absolutely. around, they've got they've got a, uh, Jude Law plays like a, a robot <laughs> prostitute, and the, the all of all the interesting story elements you could have done with that. Like, there's even a murder that happens that he gets yeah. blamed for. You could have pursued that. Something really interesting could have happened, and you could have done something. There was a couple of elements I really liked, but again, they did fuck all with it. Yeah, just, get, Absolutely he just It just gets captured
2: and bye. Yeah. Great. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you
1: for that. Oh. And like real steel I watched as well, which is the boxing robot one, and I thought I might quite like that. But they make they somehow they make Hugh Jackman the most unlikable person in the world, and I and I think See, there's, that's the, some sort of miracle. Yeah.
2: See, these we're going through bad robot. We're yeah. going, we've shifted to yeah. bad, robot, bad, movies. bad, bad robot
1: movies, just bad all-out robot movies, <sighs> just shite. But, yeah,
2: Rock'em Sock'em Robots yeah. with Wolverine. Yeah. No, it
1: didn't work. Not a likable kid. Not a likable father. Um, again, all the nice people in it, you know, are just treated like shit, and they just deal yeah. with it and just like carry on like well you're going to continue to treat me like shit and then everything works out for them so I was like well you were yeah, just, it's like, you are a selfish prick all the way through it a happy ending yeah you oh, basically okay. sold your son and you basically got him beaten up by, by a guy <laughs> you know you're a great dad you're you're a fantastic dad you've ruined his robot you know whatever the fuck um, <laughs> <laughs> who cares they're not, they're, whatever the fuck I mean, end it's, credits it's, it's, you know it's it's unlikable robot rocky is what I would call oh, it fuck. that's yeah. basically what it is yeah. anyway back to oh. our list <laughs> we had a quite a diverge there no um, but it
2: was it was a necessary diverge we're, do- we're doing specific characters yes. it's necessary to highlight Two that... really awful yes. movies
1: that we've seen. Absolutely. We're going to have honourable mentions, but those are yes. two dishonourable mentions. Yes, absolutely. So, um, What's your number four? What's You're my number four? God, we're only on number four.
2: <laughs> we are, aren't we? This is going to be a good one, boys this and good girls. One. This is a hefty one. Get some popcorn and okay. some Okay. So so
1: I wanted to do like kind of like a, a giant robot, because there's a lot of kind of giant robots in... In uh, yes. you know, in the world of you know robots and all the different, we franchises. do have to be careful though. Yes, I know that we might verge into. You can't have the Megazord. No, not going to have any Mecha. Can't have, have Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim, or Gundam or anything like that. No, Even piloted, great. no piloted. No piloted. Mm-hmm. No, because that's the only rule we're setting, yeah. boys and girls. So if it's a piloted thing, it is not. You know, if it doesn't have a sentience of its own, it's not necessarily good or bad. Yes. Is it? So it's it's who's behind the wheel exactly. Basically, so we're not having anything like that. So this one is not piloted. It was programmed initially and then grew into sentience. Oh. So okay. it is... You cheating son of a bitch. I know, right? <laughs> uh, well, that's his story throughout the film. That's uh, evolution. And his name is Jet Jaguar. <laughs> what? Jet Jaguar from Godzilla versus Megalon. Oh,
2: of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jet Jaguar or jet jagger or
2: j- <laughs> j- jagger. J-
1: jaguar or however Did you, you want to pronounce weird, jaguar weird dancing mm-hmm. however you want to pronounce jaguar is up to you
2: Jet jaguar but
1: yeah so uh, and he basically is created by a scientist um he's a he's an advanced robot um <laughs> <laughs> in fact his creation was a it was a competition so japan went you love Toho, you love Godzilla. Yes, a, it was, wasn't it? Create, yeah. a, create a character for us and we will include it, the winner, that this character will be included
2: in the next Godzilla movie. That's why Toho Studios are great. <laughs> That's why they're great. They went, ah, well, we can't really think of it. What do you want to make? Yeah. Ah, put that in. Yeah, we'll make a full movie out of that. Fuck yep, it. Yeah, sure.
1: Um, and he's he's basically the protagonist in this movie because Godzilla doesn't really turn up until the last 20 minutes. Yeah, So it's barely it's even a t- Godzilla t- movie.
2: Yeah, Godzilla's become what, bloody um, The Undertaker <laughs> from WWE, hasn't it, at this point? He's like, just marching in. Marching well, in, and destroys everybody.
1: I'm going to keep my record going. Well, I'll tell you what, the dropkick that Godzilla does in this movie, The Undertaker could never do. Yeah. I don't think anybody can pull Is off that dropkick. Is that
2: the one kick. where he uses his tail? Yeah, he winds like, he, just flies he along up his up, and he's yeah. like, shoo!
1: Because Jet Jaguar holds the monster, I, I think it's Megalon, yeah. he holds, and then he just does these two massive yeah. dropkicks that, that I mean, just you'll, defy you'll, all, all gravity.
2: That's why I love the Toho students films like the old Power Rangers because you'll never see that shit in the new ones you wouldn't see in like Godzilla King of the Monsters you're doing a flying drop kick across the entirety of San Francisco
1: fingers crossed Godzilla vs Kong we'll see (sighs) a flying drop kick
2: well it has to be better than King of the Monsters so (laughs) I mean that film utterly disappointed me but yeah carrying on with the I
1: I, I like the monster stuff the monster stuff was yeah. But Everything else was part of shit. Yeah, bit yeah. mad. But um, but yeah. So it was it was designed. It was called uh Red Alone in- initially, mm. and it, you can see it's clearly inspired by kind of the Ultraman design and the old ult- because kids loved Ultraman in Japan. Yeah, so they were like oh. still do. Yeah, they love it. It's it's massive. It's huge. There's a Netflix show as well, and anime and things. Yeah. So it was called Red Alone, which um if you watch, uh, I did a podcast on. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, um, and there's a character in that called Re- um, I think it's it's not Red Alone, but it's like Lone Red or something like that. Yeah, um, I think it is. And Lone it's like Red. a Jet no Jet Jet Alone. Jet Alone. It's called. That's right. And uh. he he is his, he's a robot, and that's kind of inspired by this. Yeah. Um. So the director actually hated the idea <laughs> of, of including this character that a kid has come up with, and was like, "Well, this is what what have you made my film?
2: <laughs> Why have you made it just because Toho dude is like really really." Specifically, yeah. like we're going to do this. Yeah, this is happening. Literally, nobody has got any other choice. Yeah. So I can imagine him just be like, "Yeah, well, you, you're going to do it, though."
1: Yeah, because we're telling you to do it. <laughs> this is happening. um So, he, so basically, he redesigned the character, renamed the character, yeah. and tried to make it as visually unappealing as possible, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that they wouldn't include it. But they were like, "No, no, you've, you've designed it. It looks great." <laughs> and in People the film, loved it. And that's why he's got this kind of weird smile. He's got a kind of yeah. a weird kind of smile in it. But, yeah, throughout the film, he's, initially he's controlled to kind of um, bring Megalong to the surface. Yeah. Uh, then uh, they managed, the humans, the scientists managed to get back control. I think they're like, I think they're the, uh, the sea dwellers or the undersea <laughs> <Yeah>. people or <sighs> At some this other point lame. I don't really understand. Some other lame race, and they're like, yes, we are the undersea uh, people. Well, it's they to do use, with the Hollow Earth no, sorry, stuff, isn't it? That's it. Sea topians. Yeah. That, there we go. It's to do with the Hollow sea-topians. Earth stuff, I think, that they created. Yeah, it's was, it was, it was, it was, it was a bit yeah it's it is what it is however, <laughs> however um yeah he gets control and then eventually like they're trying to control him with this kind of medallion and they're like oh i can't control him because he's gained his own sentience at this yeah. point and he's being heroic because that's the thing he wants to do yeah, yeah, and that yeah. he feels like so he, c- he can communicate with kaiju as well somehow okay <laughs> uh, and it's, it looks like some form of sign language or karate yeah. karate sign language
2: well yeah they do that in like power rangers stuff, yeah don't exactly they? yeah when it's they're a- explaining the always
1: yeah all different moves. jagged, you know, arm movements. We need
2: dinosaur power now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Go! Um, and uh, one of the one of the more interesting powers he has is that he can change size, because he's like a regular-sized robot, like human six feet or something.
2: I feel like Power Rangers got a lot of influence from this Oh, film. yeah. I, mean, I think Ultraman and a lot of other stuff yeah, like that. Because the change in size is a big thing in Power Rangers. Oh, huge, is yeah. Every episode, oh, I going to go big! Yeah. Well, okay. It's not going to help yeah, you, though. <laughs> exactly,
1: yeah. I think Ultraman as well. And, and that whole kind of genre is quite a big influence yeah. on, on what Power Rangers became and why it was so popular. He has to have one of the best theme songs I've ever heard. It's,
2: I can't remember it. It's like
1: Jet Jagger! Jet no, Jagger! I
2: do remember it.
1: Punch, punch, punch! It's brilliant. <laughs> he it's <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely ridiculous mean um, he can like shoot out beams and you know all yeah. sorts of crazy other powers
2: but he's like a kind of a cult
1: classic character he's so he yeah, has, has
2: yeah because it is so utterly baffling bizarre there's a lot of the creature designs in the yeah. Godzilla films are baffling but this one takes the biscuit I oh mean, yeah absolutely I've always thought Mecha Godzilla was completely ridiculous yeah but, yeah no, I mean, not not as mm, ridiculous as Jack- no. Jaguar
1: but he's yeah he's really interesting apparently he plays a really big role in the IDW godzilla rulers of earth i think that's what the comic's called um yeah and i think there's one point where he he shrinks in size jumps into a monster and then and then does the whole like the thanus storyline where he just grows and the monster explodes explodes. yeah i also think he knocks out godzilla i think as well i think he punches him straight Mm -hmm. out about time godzilla took a fall yeah i know right just one defeat (laughs) um so yeah so he knocks him out um in that comic but I think it's just bizarre and weird and wacky and yeah. fun, and there's something just a bit, a little bit different yeah, about it. definitely. That I quite like. And he's, he's, you know, at the end, they're playing his theme song, and he's like, you know, <laughs> and it, the theme song lyrics are really weird as well. They're like talking about his insecurities and things. <laughs> um,
2: it's very descriptive, isn't it? It's very yeah. descriptive. I, I can remember Jesus. Christ. Mystery,
1: mystery, science, theater. When okay, we've looked at Godzilla vs. Megalodon. Here, yeah. here are the lyrics to the song. And they are just obviously the, translate, everything's yeah, the translation. Everything's lost in will translation. Be off anyway. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's just it's just hilarious. It's like fights crime to hide I his mean, insecurity. Yeah, that's
2: why I never watch anything dubbed. No, because it doesn't just, make any sense. Yeah, none yeah. of it makes sense. I mean, we I think we watched um, oh, what is that really good action movie? Ah, uh, John Woo, whether in the hospital. Oh, hard boiled. Boiled. Yes, I watched that with dubbing. Yeah, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Oh, I love it. Turn the dubbing off. Ten times better film. Yeah. A lot more serious. (laughs) I love that film anyway, but Jesus Christ. Cool. Uh, So that was my number four. So let's crack on with your number three. My number three is The Cheat. Oh, here we go. The Cheat Choice. Okay. But this one, it doesn't really appear in any sort of lists. Okay. It's been in two or three. Mm Mm-hmm. But it is the Borg from Star Trek. Ooh, okay, okay. Now it's a cheat. Yeah. I fair freely enough. admit that. Yeah. Because yeah. the cyborgs oh. are hive mind, so it's not just one individual, it's mm. millions of individuals. Yep. But they do have a spearhead in the Borg Queen. Mm. Now it's not specifically the Borg Queen itself that I'm more interested in yeah. or that I see as being the better part. Okay. It is literally the idea behind the Borg. Please um, explain. So the Borg are essentially drones that spread across the galaxy in an effort to assimilate civilizations to bring them under the banner of one big hive mind Mm. so they assimilate the best qualities of a civilization so for example with the klingons they'd assimilate the klingons which are like the warrior race of star trek they'd assimilate them to gain their strength and their warrior tenacity and their their knowledge of weapons Mm. and everything so the borg Borg essentially assimilate technology and ideas they're not interested in individuals personally. Because I, ge-
1: I guess they wouldn't have original thought would they? no no U- they unless don't. they assimilate but that's just it.
2: They, they don't have any interest in individuals apart from uh, apart from picard yeah only picard yeah. they assimilate him in the best of both worlds mm. episodes from Le- next Le- generation Le- 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 Le yes yeah and they specifically call him locutus and use him as a spearhead Primarily to try and get the Federation to fall in line. Ah. Obviously, everybody refuses because nobody ever gives up to the, the no. Borg. They no. always go down fighting. Yeah. And obviously. The
1: Voyager. Wasn't the Voyager finale against the Borg? Like yes, a t- a it time was. time travel. Yeah, I mean. That was really good. I, like I mean,
2: I'm specifically looking at the film First Contact, mm. which is for me. The best Star Trek film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that and Raph of Khan are the best Star Trek films for me. Agreed. First Contact is an action horror film mm. and watch it again or if you've never seen it you know give it a watch it is very Star trek there's a lot of you know yeah. jargon in it but it's very, yeah it's time travel again in mm. the Star Trek film but it's handled perfectly mm. and it is quite terrifying in moments mm. because the Borg are relentless mm. they never stop and when they stop that creates fear mm. because they're yeah. like why are they stopping yeah. there's a specific moment in First Contact where the Borg stop on deck 16 mm. and they're like why have they stopped on deck 16 what's yeah. on deck 16 nobody can figure it out mm. She got all these crazy science, you know, ideas and Worf and are saying there must be something there. They have to do it. They have to they have to have a reason to have stopped. Yeah. And it turns out they don't need to go any further in the ship because they've isolated the deflector dish to use it as a signal beacon to get other Borg to come from the other oh. side of the galaxy. So it's literally like their purpose is fulfilled. Yeah. They don't need to do any more. Yeah, yeah. That's it. They can just wait out everybody else. Mm. Because they're, they're machines. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So they're thinking logically. Immortal, yeah, they can they're, do they're thinking they want. logically and they're thinking statistically mm. and you know what benefits them yeah. rather than wasting drones trying to yeah. assimilate the rest of the ship. They just hold back. Wow. But obviously the crux of that film is Picard dealing with the fact that he was once assimilated by them mm. and his fear and his anger that they are. he was, like, he was used. Yeah, yeah. That he was used and that he was made to kill thousands of his own people. Because yeah. he was Lucius yeah. spearheaded uh, an attack America, which yeah. destroyed 40-odd fleet, uh, forty odd fleet, forty odd ships in a fleet, and killed countless thousands. Mm. And people looked at him very differently after that. And this yeah. is a heroic captain. Mm. People looked at him so differently after it. And that's the the, the great thing about this film is that it, it goes, it dives into his fear mm. of them and their desire to reclaim him. Because the queen, who, beca- who is in herself an individual, she has motivations yeah. to bring him back so that she can rule the galaxy Mm. if you like in very simple terms Mm. but the Borg because they are essentially like wasps yeah they just swarm they swarm and they look terrifying they remove limbs to add cybernetic components Mm. they take eyes out to put ocular implants in and things Mm. like that they look terrifying the space zombies essentially yeah it's like a, a yeah. Frankenstein's
1: monster type thing yeah. as well. Yeah. But what kinda. gets
2: me in that film is how relentless they are and how terrifying they look. Because mm-hmm. they, they look so different to what it was in the TV show. In the TV mm-hmm. show, they were all kind of like wearing cardboard costumes. Mm-hmm. In this, uh, Jonathan Frakes wanted them to look absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Jonathan Frakes is the guy who plays uh, Commander Riker. Yeah, love Riker. And he was very what adamant. What a great beard he's yeah, got. Exactly. He was very adamant that they should... Look terrifying, mm. and it works yeah. because the film is very dark, and there's like green tins. Yeah. It looks like the ship is dying mm. as they're taking control of it, and that's what makes it such a good, good film. And the Borg just swarming and assimilating people in horrific ways as yeah, well. Yeah. It's not nice. Mm you know you see people crying out saying oh please captain help yeah. me and picard just shoots one of them
1: i mean you can only really i mean in a way like it's not that much of a cheat in a way mm. that because they're a hive hive mind they're yeah. a collective yeah. they are they are effectively one the whole race is effectively one so it's kind of Mm. I, I mean, I'll allow it anyway because <laughs> I, <really care. laughs> no, I, well, I don't really care. No, I don't think it, anybody does. I really. don't really care. For, fuck it, I'll just stop the podcast now. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> this it's not even bother. It. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> fuck it, I'm going to delete this. <laughs> but no, I think I think it's a really good. I, I love the Borg. Were always my favourite villain mm. in Star Trek. I'm not a big. I'm not a massive Trekkie. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I dip in and mm. I, and the stuff I like, I really do like. Yeah. Um, but I'm not. I, I'm not a religiously.
2: I don't know everything. No, yeah. I'd probably say I'm more into Star Wars, but even then, I don't know everything about Star Wars yeah. either nobody really does I mean yeah. I'm, I'm a massive fan of both franchises and mm. I don't know everything no, exactly. And you, you people you say they know everything I'm, I'm sorry you're lying yeah. you, know? yeah. you might you might know everything but do you yeah. have a life <laughs> so that's the question <laughs> but uh. the only thing I will say in summation of the Borg is that unfortunately with Voyager they appeared in about series 3 or 4 yeah. and they were terrifying at first mm. but eventually they became like the dick dastardly villains of no, the series no. so basically they are just chasing them They're all changed. the time there's one great seed in Voyager like the whole idea behind a borg cube is it's a massive vessel it's mm. huge has millions of drones on it and it can destroy one fleet in one episode just to highlight how terrifying the borg were yeah. this little tiny voyager ship which is pretty small mm. it's just in the middle of space and they get surrounded or they get overtaken by 14 cube vessels mm. and in the show it does a really good job of going like oh we've got a borg cube coming and they go right mm. this is it boys and girls yeah. and they say oh, no there's five no there's ten yeah Fifteen and like Shit. everyone, you can see everyone's fear. They're like, <gasps> we are, we are fucking dead. Yeah. But they, they've got, they've got ulterior motives, and that yeah. highlights the Borg's ulterior motives. Mm. They, they're more interested in certain things. Mm. One of them stops when the cube stops, turns around, scans the scans Voyager, yeah. and then goes off. Yeah. And so, they're like, they're like Captain was like, yeah, something must that? be else mm. up. They yeah. are interesting something else. Otherwise, we would be dead. Mm. That's the are, The are, the the Borg are very interested, not simply mm. just you know straight level. Oh, they're going to assimilate you. Yeah. They do have... They're not thoughts
1: just, yeah they're not just go attacking on mass yeah. all the yeah. time they but, do have thoughts that, and would that's be, why they, that would yeah. be dull and uninteresting yeah anyway. that's why
2: they brought in Seven of Nine to sort of bridge the gap mm. but towards the end of the series it's literally just like oh the Borg here again yeah, oh yeah, we oh, beat again. them yeah. <laughs> So ha so, no. I,
1: I guess it's kind of like it's almost like Doctor Who when they just bring in the Daleks every so often yeah like, I mean oh, it's so to the me
2: the, the Daleks and the Cybermen are overused yeah definitely massively I mean I, I well, don't know how they get past not unlike the
1: Joker in Batman they just seem to overuse the ones that are popular the ones people want to see yeah. and that's a shame really because there's so much diversity in the these kind of rose galleries that yeah, these franchises have yeah. and it's good to have a little bit of something yeah. different it kind of does remind me a lot of like uh, like Brainiac. I think that Brainiacs adopted a lot of Borgisms into his kind yes, of storyline and agree. his kind of hive mind. And his his um, you know he's, he wants to collect knowledge. He collects cities and then he destroys the planets because that that makes the knowledge that yeah. more vital and that more important because mm. he's the only one that has it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I quite like and he has a lot of like tendrils and tentacles now. Like the yeah. modern the modern version of Brainiac has a lot of that and that's very borg. Yeah, I'd, inspired, say, I'd say I say it's
2: very very much inspired. Yeah.
1: So uh, and he's kind of his own he's not hive mind but he kind of mm. has extensions of himself like yeah. drones and things like that. So uh, I really like that character and I see a lot of that kind of over time he's had various interpretations and iterations but yeah. I like the problem, the most modern one the most Borg like yeah. so yeah but no I, I love the Borg I think that is a good choice I will allow it thank you H- how did how did the Borg start off what the origins of the Borg were they pure. nobody knows really it's the, very Max much a mystery they, they've,
2: they've been around for centuries mm. according to Star Trek lore did they start off as purely mechanical and then well, start well the, the common sort of like fan theory is, is that they were a species that was on the dying mm. on the dying like dying out you know on the dying and they basically attach cybernetic to parts keep, to, to keep, keep them going, going. Right. and then obviously they evolved beyond that. Because the, the Borg Queen specifically says, "Well, we're, we're not, we're not capturing people; we're evolving them." Yeah. So basically, it's like self, yeah, yeah self improvement, yeah, yeah, updates. And then they, call, they, update. they call it evolution, but yeah, it's yeah. clearly not. It's just no, no. grafting of parts. But yeah, parts nobody on. really knows the origins okay. of the Borg. Are like the the one mystery of the Star Trek mm. lore that they haven't really explained and I hope they never do actually okay. because there's a few things that Star Trek have done recently that I don't agree with right so, is that
1: Discovery is that in Discovery I heard, uh, I heard yeah, they were doing something that, I like might, the first be, that might link to the Borg a bit well
2: uh, that's Picard actually oh is it Picard, Trek, Picard they're doing yeah. stuff yeah, Discovery okay. I like the first season second season yeah. I hated it and I'm going to be honest I'm not really into Picard at the minute either really okay yeah. I
1: was, I was enjoying Picard the first I think I've watched the first three or four, maybe. Yeah. I was enjoying it. Cool, but yeah, good, good edition. Yeah, yeah. Well, my next choice is actually also from Star Trek. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> number three, number three. Now it's again. It's not. It's not an obvious one. It's uh-huh. not, not so an obvious one. So this is Lal or LAL from Star Trek: yes. The Next Generation. So this is from the episode. Fantastic. It's from the episode The Offspring, and um, that's season three, episode sixteen. Available on Netflix now. If you want to yes, watch it, yes, it is. This Get it watched. is probably my new favorite ever Star Trek episode. I, wow, really? I'd, ne- I'd never seen it before. i um, i I found a little list and I was like, oh, that, yeah. ca- that character. Are you watching
2: Next Generation through then? Just no, no, I just,
1: I just I just kind of cherry picked it through my research. Yeah. Watch I'm the best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. Yes, I, I think I have. I probably have seen it, but I'll yeah. go back and watch it. I, I've seen. Um, oh, what's the one? What's the one we gets tortured by David Warner? Oh shit! Oh, is it oh, something decision remember. or some sort of? Oh. David Warner's in it, and yeah. uh, Dick 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 Jones from RoboCop's in it as well. Yeah, I can't remember. Don't worry, we'll look it up. It's something like that, grand or Grand something. But yeah. uh, so Lal is a creation of data. So Data <laughs> is obviously the famous android from Star Trek who is constantly trying to improve on himself and become more human, and and he creates his own life basically. He creates a daughter. Yes, he does. So I quite I wanted to have like a female, um, you know android robot what have you but I also didn't want it to be that very stereotypical male fantasy of having a sex robot I didn't want to do I didn't want to do something yeah. that's, that's that the idea that he has a daughter it, it kind of takes away all that overt sexuality out of it and that kind of negative yeah. view of the, that we're just going to have a robot just to have sex with you know yeah. us men just want to make a robot to <laughs> fuck you know I didn't want to look into that so it's quite a re- it's a really sweet story it's not It is. It it's is not the massive very... space battles with a Borg or anything like no, that
2: no it is very much character driven episode isn't Mm. it so innocent and so sweet sweet
1: is one of the sweetest episodes and this is why i love it so much is it's so different from the usual kind of star trek time travel you know mass invasion kind of storyline that we have um which i think is something
2: that's been lost in star trek yeah
1: yeah i think so and and he he creates her and she decides on he, he gives her total autonomy total independence for the most part he's there as a guiding hand uh, and he lets her choose her own form she like goes through various forms yeah. she wants to look like and she settles on a humanoid human form and you know and, she, and her the actress I don't know the actress's name off the top of my head but she is fantastic in this
2: yeah I can't remember her the name
1: um, she shows because basically she's still developing she's still learning and she's quite young but she does she jumps and jumps has these massive jumps in kind of yeah. knowledge and experience and intelligence and her surroundings and you you see her entire life cycle uh, through this one episode, this forty-fifty-minute episode, yeah, and obviously Picard especially does not like this idea. He's done it without any say, so without yeah, any knowledge. He's completely against, it, isn't it? He? Totally against. It. it. was like, "I can't believe you've made such a reckless decision." Because there's apparently there was no successful creations of androids apart from I think Data was the last one, yeah, or something like that. So he's managed to, by and large, he in, almost takes his programming and, and puts it in Lal almost yeah. like his seed he's passing on his seed yeah. directly into his knowledge his his programming his systems all, all that sort of stuff he's literally passing that on throughout the episode mm. and she starts to feel things she starts to feel isolated, different she's bullied by children yeah. because she's sent to school um, she struggles with. She starts feeling like emotions. Uh, she uses uh, contractions where data can't. She bypasses data. She she is better. Yeah, it's more everything that she
2: she she does. Everything that data has been working towards up until this point in less than twenty thirty minutes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and she can't deal with it whereas he's been having to deal with like yeah this growth over and this the course is yeah, of so many episodes exactly she
1: she grows exponentially yeah in programming everything she becomes this fully fledged woman by the end of it mm. and she starts breaking down and she yeah. starts experiencing things so basically starfleet get wind of this yeah picard has to report this he's gone okay
2: yeah because it's a sentient ai isn't it's it sentient data AI. Is supposedly yeah. the one and only exactly. being of his kind in existence
1: and he, and he and and Starfleet are like well we need to monitor this because we don't know what this is we need to make sure they're in the right you know um, the, yeah. she develops in the right circumstances in a safe place yeah. uh, and she gets a job at a bar with Geiner and and all the other kind of characters yeah. and starts interacting um, and they're like what are you doing don't put her in there and they're like no this is the best thing for her and throughout the episode Picard is actually starts to kind of mellow out and actually defends yeah. Data's decision and goes I think this is a really important episode for data and picard
2: yeah definitely because it, it showcases picard because he, he at this point in the series he's still very much quite hard-nosed at points he yeah, still yeah. shouts at wesley quite a lot yeah yeah i think he <laughs> oh, does that in that episode yeah I think. <laughs> and then obviously because he data's his his friend mm. and he wants to look after data so he's worried about data yeah. making bad decisions yeah. but obviously card sees it as mate well well you've got to make mm. these decisions i suppose you've yeah. got to if this is what you think you need to do then I will support you. Exactly, exactly. So
1: it's really heartbreaking when she starts to experience fear. Yeah. She she walks into um oh god what's her name? Uh, the psychic one, the the oh, Diana Troy. Diana Troy, yeah. yeah. She walks into a room and she you can see her starting to just It's it's so well acted. Yeah. It's it's brilliant. She's still a robot. I think that's the tricky thing for actors to play robots is quite actually quite a, yes. a hard line to yeah. toe because you can't be <clears throat> too emotional and too human yeah, but then exactly. obviously you can't be too unemotional either so i think it's a yeah. it's a tricky line to cross and some actors do it very well and some not so well yeah definitely but she's fantastic she starts just kind of walking around and be like oh oh no and and it's and it's it's kind of it's really heartbreaking and you get you get to the end of the episode and they're basically like, you are basically going to take her away yeah and that's or why or she yeah. pa- and that's why she panics and her brain starts just shutting down yeah just starts shutting down and you've had all this time with data talking to the other parents on board Mm. talking to the other starfleet members for advice talking to wesley yeah
2: there is a lot of families on board the enterprise isn't there exactly
1: and he's trying to understand what it means to be a father and how and there's and and there's a great bit as well where she she says why are you trying to be become more human when you will never be more human yeah, and and he goes, well, it's it's the quest, it's the it's the drive yeah, to do the, that. Ho-
2: That's Data's holy grail, isn't it? Yeah. It's to become more human. And even if he never gets there,
1: it's the it's the act that he tries to do that. And he, yeah. Tr- he, uh, and she just doesn't really understand it mm. and get that, and doesn't get why she feels so different, so alone, and so unique. Yeah. And yeah, it comes to the end, and her brain just starts shutting down. And Data's performing surgery, and he's and it, it's really actually like it got me kind of tearing up because yeah. the Starfleet officer was going to take her away. This hard nosed. Dick, mm. is, is, he's almost into. It. He's going. He had the fastest hands I've ever seen. Yeah, he, he was. Her brain was shutting down quicker than he could. Than he could fix. Yeah, and basically, Data has this lovely conversation with her where she goes, "We're going to shut you down now. Mm. We're going to. This is going to happen. We're going to shut you down." Yeah, and he goes, "Oh, thank you for this." Um, thank you for, you know, making. I can't remember the exact yeah, kind of yeah, lines yeah, yeah. and stuff, but. It is the best bit of two robots acting that I've, I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Because there's so much emotion and raging going on inside these robotic shells. Definitely. And you feel it, like, throughout this episode. Uh, and that moment is just fucking heartbreaking. He's mm. basically putting down his own daughter. And it is absolute heartbreak and he makes the he does a painting of her and and like th- if this is not the basis for Star Trek Picard I don't know what is yeah like First Contact and probably this you know mm-hmm. any of the Borg episodes and you know whatever Romulan and yeah. you know anything no, I like that I agree I think if you're a fan of Star Trek Picard, go back and watch this episode because I don't think you hmm. get it without this episode. And yeah. it's absolutely fantastic. No, I agree 100%. Um, um, so, do you yeah. know
2: who directed that episode?
1: You, you know what? I do. It was it was Jonathan Frakes. Yes. And it was his very first Star Trek episode yep. that he directed. Exactly. And there that's you why, go. And that's why it's so fucking good. He's
2: such a great director. Mm. I mean, he, dire- he directed the the episode where um, both him and Diana Troi are in Picard. Hmm and that's the best episode of the entire series for me yeah. and it kind of makes me sad that those characters are not in it
1: oh. uh, overall mm, this no. is,
2: I'm not going to get too much into it because that's that's a different thing for a different fair time enough. fair oh. enough yeah. um,
1: but yes yeah, so that was my number three but um, if, if you're a Star Trek fan or if you're a fan of Picard check The, the Offspring out again available on Netflix go for it I would wholeheartedly agree yeah. on that one yes um, so that was uh, my number three so it's on to your number two yep